Uh, hello and welcome to another science fiction double feature podcast. Uh, SFDF has disco fever. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, the last two episodes of Star Trek Discovery, finally. You may need to for a little bit, but now here we go. Uh, I'm Tim. This is my co-host and t-shirt sender, Terry. Say hello, Terry. Hello, Terry. Do you like your hello. t-shirt? I do. I thought it was really good. It was really funny. Jo- a morbid joke about gravity and hurling children into the great beyond, which was tremendous. Um, I haven't worn it yet, but I will. <laughs> Does it fit? Would uh, it fit? Yes, yes, it would. I'm pretty easily t-shirted in the general scheme of things. I just kind of, I just kind of have them. Well, that's good. It'll be fine. <laughs> no, what could go wrong? Um, <laughs> Right. Do you want to talk about a Star Trek or two um, Star Treks? Two Star Treks in particular. Yes, it's gone well for us this whole fortnightly thing because we got what was basically a two-parter. We got, uh, and now let's all mangle the Latin language, but that's okay because it's dead. Um, C.V. Passum Parabellum. Uh, it's the first of the episodes we'll be speaking about, um, which then led directly into Into the Forest I Go, which is um, also a good episode and much easier to pronounce for me. Um, I quite liked both of these. I thought uh, um, the first one, CV Passum Parabellum, uh, is a very, very strong episode of Star Trek. I think it's a really good um let's go to a planet and find a spooky mystery. And somehow that leads to a dilemma episode, which I thought was fantastic. Um, also a really great character moment for Saru, um, sort of focusing on this character who's had a whole lot of potential, but hasn't really been in the limelight that much. Um, yes, I, so I generally speaking, thought it was fantastic. Did you like it? Yeah, and you got to see Saru run and it was really creepy. Yeah, he's quite scary when he goes a bit nuts. Um, generally speaking, they sort of they go to this planet Parvo um, to set up some sort of Klingon spaceship detector. Um, but then Saru kind of realizes that if sort of is quite taken with the natives, uh, the, the the people of this planet and um, the planet in general, and tries to stop uh, Burnham and Ash Tyler from completing their mission. And he's genuinely quite scary when he's doing this, when he's angry, because he's giant and enormous and really, really fast and really, really great. Um, so I quite like that. I thought that was solid. Yeah, he's genuinely quite spooky in this. I thought that was really good. Yeah. And most of this stuff happened on the planet. I don't remember... A- great deal of stuff happening on the spaceship nothing of utter importance anyway um, no they kind of yeah there's a few conversations i think mm. and there's sort of some we do kind it's, of find out that um stamets is a bit disoriented by the yeah the drive which will becomes much more relevant in the next episode um, but we'll get to that in a minute um Ooh, let's get to that now um oh, okay Yep, hit me. No, 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 like just how he's disoriented. And he, like the first thing you see in this episode of him, he gets out of the um, mushroom chamber. I can't think what they call it, the spore drive. It doesn't really have a name. We'll just call it the mushroom chamber. Okay. He gets out of the mushroom chamber and he looks at Cadet Tilly and went, Captain, what are you doing down here? And I was, is that a part of him like being into dimensional or into I, I, I kind of thought is he half like thinking in the time travel sort of thing 
and she actually do, becomes time. captain. Yeah, she sees through. He sees through time, and she actually does become the captain that she wants to be. I mean, I yeah, I don't know. I think it's really, really clever that they've kind of invoked that. I mean, I'm sure that was a conscious decision to try and call back to that moment in the third episode where we find out that Tilly, Sylvia Tilly, wants to become a. It kind of bugs me that everyone calls each other by their last name, even though they're friends in this, I've noticed. So I'm trying to call everyone by their first name. I don't know why, but somehow that's my response to that. Anyway. Um, yeah, it is, it's a very good callback and a very quite a deliberate callback to that. And I don't know if there's a definitive answer, whether he's seeing through time, which I guess he probably is, given the events of Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad. I'm not sure. I think it's sort of subtle. It's not so obvious as that to me. But I, yeah, I thought that was a really good inference. I thought it was a really clever little moment. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if I like the uh, relationship that's blossoming between Michael and the security Ash guy. Yeah. That Latif's Ash Tyler. I really like Ash Tyler. I think he's a fantastic. He's a, a nice man who's very tall with an unfortunate neckbeard. But I, yeah, I really like that character. I think this is a. I think it's quite a solid um, way to go. Right? And I think, yeah, I think he's. I, think I like him, so I'm happy for them to develop as a to, to have a relationship. I'm not that invested either way, but I think, yeah, I. I'm, I'm quite happy. What what do you not like about that aspect of things? I don't know. I think it's just mixing work and personal life, um, that sort of thing. Can they really be objective down the in the future when things happen? Because they're going to have that personal, um, the emotions of all um, involved when choices have to be made and yeah i just i i don't know if i like that on my discovery i it's think I, if i was the loose cannon captain i'd be putting a stop to that well yeah i mean it's i think it's this it is this weird aspect of space operas that we kind of have to accept for some reason that um people gonna bone and even though there's in the real world there's a massive conflict of interest there it's just gonna be the nature of tv that that's no longer an issue i mean yeah it's for me it's much more apparent in the relationship between uh, admiral cromwell and uh, Lorca because she's his boss lover and therapist <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it, that's not healthy. That's not good for anyone involved. And yet it's kind of how that particular episode went. Um, it's in, I mean, there's a similar issue um, with, I guess, Culber and Stamets. Uh, Hugh and, I forget Stamets' name. Um, I always do. Anthony Rapp, Anthony Rapp and Wilson Cruz's characters. So, yeah, I sort of, I agree, and I do kind of notice that quite a bit, um, but it seems like it's just part of fiction now, and especially space opera, that that's just something that's going to happen, I think. You need that on a t-shirt. Just going to bone. Just going to bone. People going to bone. I mean, it's... People going to bone. Seems like it's just the nature of the world. <laughs> I don't know why I sound so wistful about that. I'm, I'm, I'm that is fantastic. People going to bone and then in small lettering underneath, it's the nature of the world. Yeah. It's it's quite poetic. I like yes. it. It's 
Yes, I can be poetic on... Well, no, not really. It's never happened before. This is something of a first. Um, uh, what else? Is there anything else to say about this episode? I did quite like one thing they didn't do, um, which is when um, Tyler and Burnham are on the planet and trying to decide what to do about Saru after he's kind of gone a bit wacky and you think they're about to have an argument over what to do but and then Tyler pulls rank and then Burnham is just cool with that and I think that's really good because we expect conflict here but it, given everything that's happened and the episode doesn't bring any attention to this it makes no sense for Burnham to sort of object at this point because the last time she sort of objected strenuously it started a war probably and got her friend killed pretty definitely uh, so I, yeah i quite like that that they don't go in that direction and it's kind of just treated as a little twist um they don't draw attention to it but nonetheless it's a really good choice on their part in that episode um yeah i think i'm thinking i've been thinking about like what episode of discovery is Everyone kind of thinks this with Star Trek because there's seven seasons of everything and, you know, where do you start? Because a lot of it's junk. And I think this or the previous episode, the previous episode, not the previous episode, but Magic to Make the Sanest Men Go Mad, um, probably the best choices so far of what the show is um, and what, what it's sort of supposed to be about. So, yeah, I thought this was a really solid episode. And it had a lot of Saru, who was wonderful and great and basically my favourite thing ever. I didn't get the same um, interpretation that you did of her just accepting he's the superior officer. Oh, how so? Uh, well, maybe I'm not remembering it clearly. Uh, I remember him, she said a suggestion, and then he's like, no, I'm the superior officer. I'm go We're going to do this. And then I thought they ended up doing something different to what he implied. So I thought she actually ended up winning that because she was running away and he was a distraction. Um, I think... Um, no, they basically sort of follow his... He wants to go and set up the, the beacon thing at the crystal yeah. tower, whatever, to detect the Klingon ships. And she just agrees to go and do oh, that's that right. and goes to set it up. And then after that, things go a bit different because Saru is, sort of turns up and starts bashing stuff up. So it's a little different in that regard, but um, so it doesn't, what he suggests isn't exactly mm. what happens, but um, she does nonetheless go along with it until it's no longer the best idea. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yes. Cool. All right. So that was, yes, that was CV Passum Parabellum, which translates Episode as, 8. Yeah, episode 8. Oh, that's a better way to do it. Translates <laughs> as if you want peace, prepare for war. Um, I guess is relevant. Uh, and then it leads directly into into the forest I go. Um, yeah, we've lucked out a couple of times with doing these fortnightly that they've um, yes. just kind of ran into each other, um, which was very it's good. Kind of I think it, episode two and three did the same thing. Uh, I think well, that did a similar two. thing. Yeah. They were the first two, and then the series kind of started again. So that worked out quite well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Go us. 
want it this way. Um, but yes, uh, into the forest I go. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good finale. Um, it's sort of it's a very space opera story. Um, things sort of come to a head uh, quite a bit. Um, it's, uh, after the events of the last episode, uh, the Discovery has to defend the Parvins from the Klingons who are coming to the planet. Um, they have to do it in a quite ingenious manner. Um, uh, it's really, it's really, really strong in some regards, uh, in some very specific regards. Did you like Into the Forest I Go? Yeah. Uh, things got a bit obvious towards the end. Um, it's like I saw this coming, uh, but for the, for the most it, well, even the obvious stuff I really enjoyed. Um, but how how fucked up is Ash Tyler with his rape and sexual harassment stuff from the Klingon lady? This yeah, it's uh, it's a really good aspect of the episode. It's very dark for Star Trek. It's never done anything this graphic. I don't think there's definitely been some emotional trauma, but we haven't seen that much of it. Apart from, I guess, a few moments in Deep Space Nine, maybe. Mm. Um, yes, so Ash Tyler, uh, who so far has been a very nice young man, um, following on from the episode that he's introduced in Choose Your Pain, uh, we see a lot more of the fallout of his torture and sexual assault at the hands of Laurel. Um, it's, it's, it's done very, very well. Um, it's, it's definitely a subject that's not real. Male sexual assault is not something that's dealt with by most fiction. It's done quite well here. Um, it's it's there. Um, it's, yeah, and I thought it was really good for the episode to cover this. And it does make quite good use of Pernum, I guess, at Tyler's breakdown for dramatic effect as well without being too obvious about it. Um, yeah, it's a very, very solid, uh, thing for the episode for, for this to do. I think it's a very good Star Trek thing for this to do, to take kind of a heroic, a sort of fairly basic, likable and well-written and well-acted, but basically simple and heroic character and, um, flesh them out in this manner. I think it's done really, really well. Yeah. And I think, uh... I do like how they are showing it from like the opposite side of the coin, how men can also be victims of sexual harassment. It's not only women. Um, so I like that they've done that and they've shown the weaker side of that. Um, not weaker, but you know what I mean? Um, that, cause I think they've delved it, started to delve into something very topical but they're still not talked about like men's mental mm. health and all this and yes. it's th those old school attitudes of oh you'll get over it you'll be fine she'll be right and they're actually bringing light no people aren't right um and it also go it it borders on men uh, like just mental health sexual harassment but also also on post traumatic stress so a lot of stuff that um like soldiers are coming back from war with similar sort of stuff. Um, and I think that's very good of Star Trek Disco. Good work. 
yes it's it's good it's a it's a good star trek thing to do um to address the things that are going on in the world in such a manner um what else happened in this a lot goes on here um there's a lot going on because we uh, what we've just discussed which is certainly sort of the dramatic highlight of the episode takes place um during a daring mission to attack the Klingons so we get more of the Klingon plot I haven't liked the Klingon plot so far not much has really happened I um, like how they talk in Klingon it's I kind of do as well because I can do funny impressions of it <laughs> they like that all the time and it's wonderful um I thought you were just clearing your throat or trying to get up a piece of um, prawn that's gone halfway down. Well, who can say? Maybe that's what's wrong with the Klingons. Maybe they've all eaten too many prawns and now they're all <laughs> antsy and therefore there's a war. Oh, ants and prawns. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's sort of been this weird space politics, but it hasn't been that interesting because there hasn't been that much of it really. Um yeah, it's much as taking the back seat to the captain, I think, the captain and Michael. Um, yeah, it's kind of like there's there's a war on, but it's kind of intensifying what Star Trek has normally been about rather than being the point of it. There's a lot of times when sort of the, the fact that, you know, that they have a water fight has just added urgency to these stories that are otherwise variants of good star trek standalone episodes um so i think that's done quite well and now that we've, we've seen a bit of it i'm kind of settling into watching the show in that manner as if the ongoing story isn't the necessarily the most critical thing at any given time um i think that's quite good i think that's a good way to address it and it does let you have those episodes that you can sort of say well this is representative of what the show is um Yes, I thought that was very solid. Uh, I like how um, Michael got her hero moment, her hero moment while she's fighting um, Cole and steals back Giorgio's Star Trek symbol triangle thing. Her Starfleet insignia thing. That's, that's, like, that's it. So like her, yeah. In this particular case, um, I like that the admiral wasn't dead. I thought that was a bit lame when she just kind of. She got knocked out, as it turns out, but I thought that was a pretty crappy death for the character in the pre in previous episodes. So I thought this was that was good that she's still there and doing stuff. That's going to um, come back to haunt Lorca, though. Well, this is interesting. Did you know, so? Also, what's going on? Because there's a lot going on. Is that Stamets is kind of has to go and do a whole bunch of jumps in the spore drive, and it takes a toll on him. And then he decides to do one last jump in the most foreboding television you've ever seen. And they end up in some sort of spooky other world. Did, were you, you notice everything that happened at this particular point in the episode? Cause I was kind of sitting there going, I was mostly trying to figure out if everyone was done for, if it was going to be as obvious as it turned out to be. Um, did you notice all the little details in this particular point? After the jump? Uh, or... Just before it. Before it. Mm, no. Are they in the upside down on Stranger Things? I think they're in the other space from other space. But um, there's apparently some moment that I didn't actually notice because I was 
paying attention, trying to figure out what would happen um, and didn't actually see what did happen. Apparently Lorca did some sort of jump override thing. when they were Oh, jumping. yeah. Oh, I missed that. I did see that. Um, yeah. yeah, because he's like, all right, I'll get you back to the Starbase, but this is going to be my last jump. And just as they were plugging him in, Lorca did fiddle with some controls. And so, yeah. I think so he, he I think he royally fucked them. He's presumably done, I don't know what his intention is, but yes, he's presumably brought them here or caused this turn of events on purpose. Um, I'm, I mean, surely he wants to get away from the Admiral who said she'd um, take the ship away from him. And I don't think he wants to lose Stamets and the spore drive, which I oh. think is the main reason for it. Well, I don't know, because it doesn't quite... To me, that doesn't... I mean, there's only so much he can do with this one guy. Surely it makes sense to try and figure out how to have other people or some way that's not dependent on Stamets to get the drive to work. Um, I kind of figured he was just... I'm figuring he's just kind of playing for time um, or trying to, and that's why he's jumped off or wants to just go on one last adventure because he's a maniac or something. I don't know. I haven't liked Lorca that much as a villain, to be honest. He's either... He's not, that, he's not really complex enough for me be that compelling because he's either too obviously villainous or it seems like they're trying to establish him as more complex than that i mean those seem to be the two things that are going on there's not i find him just too obvious a character and therefore not particularly compelling or creating attention he's just a terrible jerk and that's pretty much it i don't know he had me scratching my head um wondering whether he jump back like he gave him time like in the last episode he gave him time to oh it could be this episode sorry um find a way to save the parvo people and then like spore drive back and jump back but did he do it to save the port the parvo people or has he done it because he could get a good swing at the um klingons i think so, I, mean, I, yeah, I think he's i don't think his Actually, yeah, I would not, from my understanding of this character, say he's that. Um, he wants to save the planet out of the goodness of his heart. I think he either wants to end the war or he just wants the glory of killing this one extra Klingon ship single-handedly, blah, because blah, that's how good Lorca and the Discovery are. I feel like that's certainly the implication. Yeah, but I don't know. For a moment there, he's, he's, he seemed genuinely caring about these people. But then it was in, well, let's just blow up the ship. Mm, he did it for that. I think I think he kind of... Yeah, I think he must have like a twisted understanding of things where we're like... He thinks... I suspect that he'll, it'll turn out that he finds that what's what is the most self-serving he can justify what is actually the most self-serving as beneficial in some twisted way to the greater something something the greater good even though that's clearly bonkers and he's a madman and we're all just waiting for someone to shoot him i'm not i like him yeah I, he's not that compelling i kind of just i'm kind of just want everyone to like hurry up and punch him and then get on with dealing with their own personal stuff 
I don't like the personal stuff. It's boring. Well, I, it's more substantial, I would have said, than a sleazy Jason Isaacs man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like there's definitely, I, I want to watch the next season, the, the next half of the season. Yeah, yeah, it's actually, it's very gripping television. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sort of, I'm, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm just talking about my impressions as of now. If I'm pretty, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that in the remaining episodes of this season one, I'll pull out something um, regarding Lorca and something really compelling and interesting. How cool would it be if they actually do travel through time, but go earlier, like back in time, and De Giorgio is, is that the ship? Or, no, the Shenzhou was the ship. Um, Shenzhou yeah. and De Giorgio are back alive. So and, then there'll be another, and then there'll be another Michael and another Saru. Can you handle two Sarus? Yes, I can. I can handle an infinite amount of Doug Jones as a giant alien man with stuff that comes out the back of his head. I don't think that's what they're going to do, but... Oh, almost definitely not, but it would be good. Maybe they'll come back in time to 2017 and there'll be a whole bunch of like, wacky references. Yeah, maybe. They might... Um... No, I'm not going to say it, don't worry. I'm going to wear a pantsuit? No. That'll do. That'll do. That's better than what I was going to say. You'll have to just die in anticipation because I'm not going to say it. Okay. He's definitely going to tell me after we finish recording. So. Yep. Okay. Um, I don't want right. it on public record, though. Oh, God. I don't think anything. All right. All right. Um, do you want to – is that is that basically it? Have we have we covered everything? Do you have anything more to say about it? Um, should we talk about the Klingon Civil War, how the Klingons are dead except for the Lady Raper? Um, well, the, those ones are the ones that the, that leader who was gathering them all, but he had a whole stockpile of dead Klingons in his basement, too. So, yeah, maybe he's got a just, lot of families. I thought that was just where he dumped the bodies, like, as a, I guess it's just as, a, as juxtaposed with Kuvma's sort of. Mm. Uh, building a coffin ship in which everyone has sort of goes through these elaborate burial rites and gets bolted to the outside of the ship. This guy just dumps them in a in a hole. That's not nice. No, it's not. not I rather get I rather get bolted to the ship. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with the Klingons, but I kind of don't care because it's just some space politics, and this one guy is being blown up. So. Don't know. Maybe I guess yeah, but... yeah, maybe uh, maybe old mate, old uh, what was the core core? Vok was the Vol? Vok? Vok? No. Vol? The albino one. Yeah. Vok. 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 I want to say Vok. We're going to say Vok, and then it'll turn around wrong. But I don't care. He's got to come back at some point. Possibly. Yeah, I think so. And like, um, what's her name? Lorel. She still has a lot of power over. Over Ash, um, yeah, he's the security man. There's some implication of, I mean, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what's going on there. It seems like there's an implication of more than 
the abuse that we discussed previously had gone on, some sort of experimentation. Um, we'll have to or see brainwashing. That, yeah, we'll have to see how that plays out, I think. Hmm. I'm not quite sure. So, yes, I, I, I'm intrigued. I have kind of liked the... Um, the Klingon Civil War, but again, it's taken a backseat to everything else, which has been kind of annoying because you're like, why should I be caring about this? Um, but we've already gone over most of this. Yeah, it is. It's a thing you have to keep track of, even though I'm pretty sure it adds up to about 15 minutes of screen time in the whole half season we've already seen. Well, that's good. The um, shooting's all over in one day. They don't yeah, have to don't keep getting Klingon made up. That's true. Maybe. I don't know how TV works at all, um, but that's probably how it works, almost definitely. All right. Okay. Let's, on that ridiculous speculation, is it is it time to wrap up? Have, we, have you any final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts for the day are... No, I've got nothing we need to say. Don't worry. Okay. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I'm just looking forward to the next bit, which airs in the st early January, I think. Um, it starts up again. So we're on a mid, on a mid-season hiatus, and then uh, the next episode, which is called "Despite Yourself," will air on the seventh of January. So that's exciting. Um, all right. Uh, so yes, if you want to read our main blog, it's at sfdfmoviereviews.tumblr.com. Um, we're on Facebook at facebook.com/sfdf. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, we're at. Uh, now we're at facebook.com slash science fiction double feature movie reviews, aren't we? Uh, I don't think okay, so. We're I think at I changed it. Facebook.com slash SFDF movie reviews. That's right. Then we're at Twitter at SFDF movie review, singular, because the limitations. Um, uh, if you want to find us, if you just want to listen to the podcast, where uh, you can find it on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash SFDF or wherever good SoundClouds are found. It's also on iTunes, just search SFDF, or on YouTube, just search SFDF. If you want to email us, you can get us at inspace.noonconeedicecream at gmail.com. Um, and if you want links to all these things because I said them wrong or said them too fast or don't know what I'm talking about. You can find them down the right side of the main blog along with a whole bunch of other good stuff, which I definitely do know is at sfdfmoviereviews.tumblr.com. Um, okay, so that's on that note. That's about it from us. Um, let us know if you've enjoyed the podcast and we, we can come back maybe for the, the rest of the season or the rest of Discovery to come now that it's been renewed for season two, which is exciting. Um, that's about it from us. So, uh, say goodbye, Terry. Goodbye, Terry. Okay, bye.